All right. Hey, everybody. Um, happy Friday. My name is Meg. I'm super excited to see all of you and get ready um, to you know, jump into today's chat with um, Helen. Um, in case you haven't joined one of these chats previously, um, again, my name is Meg and I am part of Powerfly's virtual hosting team. So as we get started here, I'm going to go over a couple of really quick housekeeping items um, just to make sure that we're all on the same page um, when it comes to, you know, asking questions and participating. Um, today's session is all about our participants. Just like all of our virtual chats, we want to make sure that you all get as much out of today um, as possible. We want to make sure that you are heard from. And so if you want to participate by, you know, coming off mute to ask a question, add context to one of your questions that we're going to put to Helen today, or even just to, um, you know, add a comment or anything like that, you are more than welcome to do so. If you come off mute for any reason, um, you are going to show up in our um, our recording of this session. So it'll go, it's, we're recording it and it's gonna go to our YouTube page as well as live streaming it to our, um, our, our website. So if you do come off mute, you will show up on the recording, whether or not your camera's turned on regardless. Um, if you don't come off mute, so if you wanna participate but you don't wanna show up on the recording, not a problem. You're just gonna put any questions or comments you have into the Zoom group chat. And if for whatever reason you are on like deep cover, really don't want anyone to know you're here, that is totally fine as well. Um, all you're gonna do is put your questions into the Zoom group chat, but before you hit enter on that menu that says everyone, you're gonna click that drop down and select my name. Um, I'm actually gonna update that to say Meg at Powerfly. Um, so let me do that right now. And then the other thing I wanna tell you guys is if you do come off mute for any reason, um, you know, to ask questions or whatever, make sure you're only coming off mute to ask your question like when you're actively speaking and then go back on mute. I say this because there's a lot of times where there's like kind of some audio um, interference stuff in the background that you might not even hear. I have two bulldogs that sleep under my desk and snore and it really messes with the audio. So if you do get muted for whatever reason, it's only because I'm trying to keep audio clarity. I won't do it in the middle of what you're saying, but you know, we'll just try our best. Um, last but not least, try not to speak over Helen or any of our other attendees. Um, me, you can feel free to interrupt all day long because I get paid to fill that silence. Um, so Helen, welcome again. Um, Helen's one of our, our frequent flyers here and is absolutely amazing, um, especially when it comes to this topic. So Helen, do you want to give yourself a brief introduction so that um, everybody, you know, kind of and, and understands why you are our go-to expert on this subject? Okay, yes. Thank you, Meg. And welcome everyone. Yes, um, I am the founder of a company called Tanagi uh, Career Consultants. And uh, that, that was uh, motivated by both my personal experience with age discrimination in the workplace and with research I did in my studies on age discrimination in the workplace um, regarding women. And so it, uh, it motivated me to really wanna work with women over 40 and uh, help them to navigate their careers and whether they come, they're coming back after parenting, whether uh, someone has a career gap, um, whatever it is, I'm happy to answer questions. And I, I certainly enjoy uh, working with people over 40 um, to find their way and be justly compensated and placed in, in jobs that what they're looking for. So, um, so that, that's it very briefly and in a nutshell, so we don't waste too much time. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so to get us started here, um, like I said, if, if one of your questions comes up and you wanna add context, great. If you um, wanna make sure that your question gets answered, the best way to do so is to either come off mute to ask your question or to put it into the Zoom chat. I'll be monitoring that as we go. And before we sign off for today, I'll tell you all about the recordings, when you'll get that, all that kind of stuff. 
Um, so Helen, one, the first question that we were asked here is at what age should we start thinking that we might be facing ageism in our job search? Well, the Age Discrimination Employment Act, which um, was based on research and studies done many years ago in the, in the 60s, um, states that 40 is the breaking point for age discrimination. So legally, you are protected at 40 and above. Uh, in reality, uh, yes, 40 is unbelievably, to someone such as myself, uh, unbelievably 40 is the turning point, usually, especially for women. And um, it's, uh, I, I think there was a survey recently that showed 61% of employees who are aged 45 and older have either experienced discrimination or witnessed discrimination. So it's uh, definitely 40 is uh, anything beyond 40 is when you can, can, should consider that that may be what's happening to you. It's horrible. And I know it's, especially as I get older, um, it's one of those things that I constantly don't, I don't think of myself as like, I'm 34. I still sort of feel like a 19 year old. And I don't think that that ever really changes for most people. Um, so thank you for kind of delving into that. That's true. And, and, and just to, to broaden it a little, it actually, and you might remind me, uh, it varies by industry. So for example, in the tech industry, it's, it can be even a little younger, but, uh, but legally it's 40. Yeah, that's a very good point. It would absolutely depend on your industry. Um, I come from an art history background where, I mean, like the majority of the people working there are like 55 and over. So definitely right. different. Um, okay. So so another person had asked, um, do you um, oh, how much information do you recommend sharing regarding timelines, dates um, during an interview to avoid aging ourselves? Well, you should be going back 10 to 15 years. Um, during an interview, you can certainly explain your experience. You can touch on uh, even skills and employment that you've had prior to that. Um, your resume should represent a 10 to 15 year period, unless you've been in one job longer, and then it's a little more challenging, but, uh, but that's what should be represented. And when you're discussing it, it's not necessary to, to date everything. You, you want to avoid dating everything. You want, don't want to talk about, oh, when I graduated in you know, 1975 or whatever it was. Uh, you, you're just talking about what you've done, what your experience is, um, perhaps your education, uh, but there's no need. Uh, it's kind of my philosophy is always a need to know. Uh, if they want to delve further, they'll ask you more questions, which you can again answer very, um, very um, generically in the way, in the sense of a date and what you want to represent. But, um, but really, you can represent your experience and your skills without dating them, in my opinion. Yeah, very true. Um, we had a question that was asked in the group chat um, a little bit delving into the last question you answered. Um, this person wanted to know, um, is, is there any kind of difference in that, um, in that discrimination or your advice for people on how to handle it when it comes to men versus women? Um, if the only thing, there is no difference in how you handle it. There is absolutely no difference whether you're experiencing discrimination um, as a man or as a woman, there's no difference in, in how you should handle it and how you should address it and um, what you should be able to do about it. Uh, as far as um, whether it's experienced differently, again, um, there are other factors that incorporate those responses, uh, some being industry. 
but generally speaking, um, women do tend to experience it a little younger than men. Uh, men, as I've said before, uh, when I was doing research, uh, the line that really stuck in my head is that men age like fine wine and women just age. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, again, depending on the industry and the people you're dealing with, that can be the approach uh, or the mindset. Uh, and so there might be a little bit of a difference there. But as far as how you manage to respond to it and what you do to try to avoid it, no difference. Okay, so another question that we just got asked in the chat, um, this person wanted to know, how do you avoid ageism when it comes to your resume? Um, this person says they spent 21 years at a job before getting laid off and can't even get an interview from sending out my resume. So maybe let's talk about a little bit about that resume setup and what are some of your key tips there, um, both for people that maybe haven't had to do a resume in quite a while, or people that are worried that what they're currently sending out is sending the wrong message or you know flagging them unnecessarily. Right. Well, the way you structure your resume today is very important because it is the first thing that's seen and it can aid you immediately. For example, today, um, specific addresses are usually not on a resume. Uh, you might put the town you live in, but you're not putting your address because everything is online. Um, so that's avoided. Then you, you need to have your um, contact information would be where the town you live in, your mobile number, ideally, uh, your email address, and if you are on LinkedIn, your uh, URL for LinkedIn. Uh, you never put an objective, you put a professional summary. So for 21 years, you should have a pretty solid professional summary to put up and, and be proud of. Um, so, so that's no more objectives. Um, no dates on your education. Um, for, again, for 21 years, um, you would list your, your advancement and your role in the company, but um, and, and of course you can't avoid the, avoid the 21 years because you've worked 21 years. Um, but you can put, uh, addition, in addition to professional summary, you can put um, achievements, you can put professional highlights, you can put skills at the top and then go into your, um, to your actual experience. Any um, training that you've done, updating your skills, anything that you've uh, done that's a current trend, should go under, under uh, your experience and then your education. And again, with no dates. So really the format is critical, how you present your, your contact information and how you present your summary of, there, again, there's no more objectives. There's no more, I'm looking for something where I can make a contribution. There's no more of that. So one of the things that I think is really interesting, and I know you've said it on previous chats, um, when we it comes to like filling out applications online, which is a pretty huge part right now, yeah. So when it comes to that and trying to get through like an applicant tracking service that asks, you know, has you fill out different forms, I know you've said previously that you can always use, um, you know, like 999 or 000 or 111 to fill in for, you know, require like dates when they require you to put something and won't accept NA or no answer. Um, one of the other questions that we got asked in the same vein, this person had, had said, um, you know, since the rule of thumb is that your resume should be one page, what should you do? What should you include and leave out when you're a gig worker with 25 plus years of experience? So having one job for the last 21 years, yeah, you can like, you know, kind of draw out a little bit more than what you did at the company. But if you have a, you know, a lot of, of jobs or, you know, um, like uh, assignments per year, what do you do with that? Well, number one, I, tend to disagree that 
a one page resume is required. If you're a professional with a solid background, um, two pages are really uh, acceptable. So I think you can spread it out to two pages. Um, but ideally, when you're listing all these experiences, you should try to, to stay within 15 years. Um, I understand you're saying you have 25 years of experience. So again, either if you feel that there's something that you've done that's really relative to the position you're applying to that goes back further, then by all means include it. But if not, then include those experiences and skills again at the top with, with a heading under professional experience or, um, or additional skills or achievements. And you can discuss, let's say the last item on your resume is I worked at McDonald's. Um, you can say prior to my McDonald's experience, I did some project work or I managed something where I did this, where I, you know, I, I invented the hamburger or whatever. So you can address it that way. And then when you're sitting in front of them and they're getting to love you, then you can say, but I did it, you know, 20 years ago, but I, I kept up to date and I've used it again. But by, by keeping your resume limited, you're not giving them the opportunity to say you're at least this age. That's really great. It's a really important point to remember. Um, we have somebody in the um, MC is commenting in the chat saying, I get a lot of compliments regarding my energy and personality, but after a video interview, I don't get I don't, I never end up with the job. I'm very particular about how I look on screen. So MC, please, um, you know, please, please feel free to, you know, come off mute and chime in here or continue to add context in the chat if you'd like. Um, but can you, Helen, can you speak a little bit about, um, you know, how to handle things like um, virtual interviews since we, you know, that's probably going to be still a norm going forward quite a while. Um, can you talk about a little bit about some of the basics to know there as well as maybe how to address something like this where you think you're coming across well, but now it seems like you don't? Well, there's a, a couple of things you can do. Um, and yes, it's very, very challenging, quite challenging. Uh, but there are so many pieces as, as you get older to how you present yourself. And um, you always want to appear. And as you've said, you, you are energetic, passionate. Uh, you want to dress um, very fashionably, but not uh, anything where, again, uh, amazingly, I've read uh, in some articles where if you come into an interview today, depending again on the industry with a purse, they immediately go, mm -mm, no, my grandma has a purse, but nobody who works here does. So, so you really have to know the industry you're um, targeting and understand what they're looking for. I think that uh, if you haven't, you should, um, video yourself and be your worst critic. You can ask a friend um, to take a look at your video and see what they might find. Uh, but the other thing is you can, for those where you've done a video interview and have not had success, you can certainly reach out and say, I, you know, I was very interested in the company. I'm passionate about what you're doing. Could you please give me some feedback, which will help me in the future? And see if you can get feedback from some of these hiring managers about what it is that that's you're missing on your on your video, um, but practice, 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 practice. Yeah, um, I am going to call out here in case you are, you know, in, in, if you're interested in, um, you know, mock interviews. Um, Power to Fly does host um, several events like this, um, usually about one a month, with um, a company called Products by Women, um, and so we host these mock interview sessions where you can 
um, be randomly paired with other people in the chat to you know use video um, use video chatting to kind of you know we we pose um, you know sample questions to each other and that way you can kind of get that real time feedback on somebody who is also like you know in your position and sensitive to what you're going through but also like you know might have very good constructive feedback for you um, more so than maybe a friend would or you know it might be a little bit um, seem a little bit more proactive or or uh, constructive than just doing it yourself like in, in a vacuum. Um, I'll yeah, I can, add, I can add to that. I've uh, I've worked with people on their interview skills, and uh, sometimes it, it, it's it's very interesting that we're just not self aware enough to um, to understand what we're doing wrong. But but uh, it's sometimes in the way you answer a question, or um, just the way you're explaining your experience, something very simple. So yeah, I've I've worked with people also, and it, it can be very uh, very helpful. Yeah, very true. Um, we also do, um, we have career coaching events where they, like, we talk about um, how, uh, you know, how to ace your next interview or what you need to do to your profile, your online profiles. That was another question that was asked in the thread here. Um, MC's talking about having, they have a professional LinkedIn photo, but they're planning to remove it because irrelevant people are looking at their profile and no, rec no recruiters are really reaching out. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, your virtual profile and how how you can really um, leverage that to make sure that it kind of helps in your job search and, and complements your, your newly updated resume. Well, I think, uh, I think that you need to be very proactive online because recruiters are receiving a lot of, um, a lot of people and a lot of volume. And so sometimes you do get lost in, in the mass. So I think what you need to do is, and again, something that I talk to, to my clients about is targeting the industry that you're looking to join, um, going on a LinkedIn, joining groups on LinkedIn, because you can identify any group you want on LinkedIn that's related to what you do, what your experience is, the industry you wanna go into. And by joining these groups, you can start to reach out and network with people so that you're making a connection. Networking, uh, something like 60% of jobs are, are procured through networking. So it's not the recruiter that, that uh, necessarily is going to be your success. So you really need to look more at um, who in, in a company that you are, you've identified, you can identify an industry, you can identify companies, you can drill down to, to those specifics. You can filter your searches on, on LinkedIn to groups that pertain to those industries and companies, and then look at people that pertain to the position you've held, the position you're looking for, and then try to reach out to them, see if they have a podcast, see if they've done articles, see if they've done interviews. You can always reach out to them that way. Um, again, for example, connecting the, the video challenges asking for feedback, asking for input on, you know, what they find to be the most helpful, uh, kind of flattering them with, with their opinions on things. And you make the connection and you then have a networking connection as well. But I think that it's important to keep your, your profile up to date, to keep uh, your, your goals up to date, but also you need to get, delve a little bit more into uh, the, the areas that you want to, to, to find your position rather than just the recruiters. 
For sure. And then something else to call out here is, you know, if you are, you know, if you're using your LinkedIn profile properly, um, one of the good things to call out is on your headline, you can use that to talk about what you're like, what kind of area you're seeking to, you know, find employment, especially if you're changing industries or looking to shift your role in any way. Um, that's a great way to kind of call out and make yourself more, make it like kind of really flag that for, um, for recruiters. The other thing that's important to know is if you have a, a, a profile on the Power to Fly platform, the only people that can view that platform are Power to Fly admins, as well as hiring managers from, from our partner companies. So it's a really great way to make sure that you can kind of stand out and, and really be um, out like upfront and clear about what you're seeking, but not have to worry that your employer is gonna see this or that you know somebody else that you know is gonna tip off your employer to the fact that you're job hunting. Um, we also do have another question in the thread. Oh, and just to flag that for anybody that's not watching the group chat, I did put in a link over there um, to check out our upcoming virtual events. Again, all of these are always free. You can always watch all of our videos for free. Um, but you, I also put in some search terms you can use to check out um, past events that we've done with Helen, Heather Cole, who's our resident career coach or mock interview um, sessions that are upcoming. So please feel free to check that out. Um, MC is also asking, is, is it okay to remove your photo on LinkedIn? I've heard that hiring people don't call unless there's a photo there. Well, that's, uh, that's absolutely, they prefer a photo, uh, right, wrong, or indifferent. They do prefer a photo. So whether you perhaps, um, would want to change the photo you could do, but I would say, uh, it's probably better to have a photo up there. Yeah, I mean, when I was still as a when I was still a um, a talent a talent sourcer for Power Fly, that was one of the things that kind of tipped you off. Is like if you don't have a photo, then probably that account is not very active. So maybe this person's information isn't up to date. Um, the more complete and full you can make your profiles look, both LinkedIn and Power Fly, um, really helps to flag that you are you know a very actively looking person. Um, another person had asked in the chat. Um, the experience that's most relevant to the experience that's most relevant to what this person is looking for now was 30 years ago. I don't have it on my resume, but I feel that I do need to include it. How do you handle something like that? Again, you can put it at the top under your professional summary. You can put prof your professional skills, uh, professional achievements, um, and, and put it in there. And then in the conversation, you can explain where it was, but if you've done it, you can represent that you've done it, that you have that experience. You would just do it in, in the summary at the top. Okay. Um, this other person is asking, what do you do if the interviewer expects you to have managed people because of your age, but the role and your experience is that of an individual contributor? Well, I think that um, you have to highlight what as an individual contributor and i've done both over the years so as an individual contributor nonetheless usually uh, after you've had enough experience you've done mentoring you've worked on um projects you've directed projects that include other people you've uh, perhaps done uh, training of new people uh, even though you're not managing them so you, so you need to think about all of the things that you may have done that uh, engaged other people where you were in a position of, of basically uh, managing or leading, but not, not quote unquote managing them, but they're involved in what you're working on. So over the course of years, yes, as an individual contributor, you do work independently, 
but usually the end result of working independently, despite working independently, is that a team succeeds or doesn't. So, um, so I think you just need to look at it from your perspective and go back and think about whether or not over the years there are ways that you participated in groups and made a contribution and you can highlight those. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but it also might be beneficial to ask the um, ask the interviewer, you know, if if this role, you know, the role seems like it would just be an individual contributor position, is supervisory, you know, is are there going to be supervisory expectations for this role down the road? Can you delve into why this is, you know, um, applicable to this question? Because some people. Some people just don't really want to, to manage other people. So it might be a good thing to know if, if you know, the, if the idea that they have for the term individual contributor is not really what you are also expecting. Um, it might be helpful to kind of get them to explain that about the role. Well, I think absolutely. If, if you, the job description didn't indicate, if you didn't apply for a job that indicated that you were going to be managing people, you certainly are free, again, to inquire about in what capacity uh, do they define managing people or um, or how is it applying to this job that was, didn't didn't list it in a job description and yeah. explore it yeah um, so one person's asking in the chat that you mentioned putting the last 15 years um, experience on your resume should you echo the same in your LinkedIn profile um, this person currently has all 20 years of their career experience on LinkedIn uh, yes unless there's really some, some reason such as one position. For example, if you got to 10 years and then you had a 10 year ex, uh, alignment uh, partnership, but otherwise, yeah, you should really try to um, adhere to the 15 years. 20, yeah, years sure. 20 years makes you very close to that. You're getting that age out, you know, getting old. Superficially imposed, yeah. Um, there's another person commenting in the chat saying, um, I'm finding that managing ambiguous environments is coming up a lot in job descriptions, but interviewers may not consider this being related to developing influence without authority in flat or matrix environments. So I think that's a really good call out. Um, okay, so we only have two minutes left in today's session. This time with Helen always goes too quickly for me because um, it's just, I, I always learn something new on these chats. So Helen, before we sign off for today, um, one of the last questions we were asked, this person wanted to know, what are three critical tips that older job seekers should remember? I think that the first critical tip is really um, your resume. It's critical. It's the first impression. Uh, if it's not done properly, they will age you and toss you like that. Um, so I think that's critical. How you're presenting your resume is critical. Another important area is, of course, how you present yourself. Uh, we touched on it a little before, how you dress, uh, incredibly how you sit. If you sit forward, you know, maybe you're a little older. Um, how you speak, being energetic, being passionate, um, all very important. And again, making a video of yourself and, and being your worst critic can be helpful in how you're presenting yourself. Um, and I think that the last critical tip I would have is how we perceive ourselves, how we um, evaluate ourselves, uh, whether or not we see ourselves as too old or um, older, um, whatever your experience, whatever your skills, they're very valuable. So when you get to the table, you need to be confident that I, I have something to bring to this that will help you. Uh, and, and 
you kind of have to say, if you're foolish enough to pass me by, okay, but that's your loss. Uh, you just have to know that what you're contributing is very valuable and you shouldn't feel like there's some, some reason that it, it should be downplayed or uh, not as important as it is. So I think it's, it's your mindset, your resume and, and your appearance that are important. Absolutely. All right. So we are at time. Um, I want to say thank you so much to everyone, to Helen for joining us today and, and sharing your knowledge with us, and as well as to everybody that joined us today and, um, you know, people in the future that are watching this recording because maybe they missed today's session or are doing archive searches. Um, just for a heads up again, I have put a bunch of links in the chat here, but please feel free to go into our video archives. You can also look at our upcoming events to see what you want to register for, but you can check out past chats we've had with Helen um, where we discover and talk about like a lot of things from ageism in your job search to ageism in the workplace once you already have that role. Um, so please, please, please feel free to check out those past chats. There's some really, really great information on all of those. Um, as we go uh, end today's session, uh, again, just thank you so much to everybody for spending time with Powerfly and uh, learning and growing some more with us today. And I hope you all have a happy uh, Friday and a lovely and safe weekend. Bye. Yes, thank you all for having me.